athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Thank you for joining me on another edition of the program. The final four is set. I have none of the teams that are in the final four I have in my bracket, and I'm sure that a lot of others are in the same boat. You've got Florida Atlantic and San Diego State set to meet in the first final four game. Tell me how many of you all had that matchup. And then Miami and UConn. Now, that's a little bit more realistic. I mean, I don't ever count out a Jim Laranega coach team does a phenomenal job. I mean, you look at the game. I thought, and I watched, and, and, and again, I thought the Kansas-Kentucky game was one of the better games that we've seen in the tournament. You look at that game, Miami against Texas last Sunday. That was a well of a basketball game, one in which, I mean, look, Miami was down double digits in the second half, and if I'm not mistaken, midway through the second half, but continued to be resilient. And I think you look at Larinaga, he makes subtle, he makes subtle uh, moves. It's, it's the subtlety of a lot of his moves that enable Miami to have a lot of the, the a lot of the success that Miami is having right now. This is not his most talent. This is not the most talented team he's ever had, but he's got good players. They play hard. And listen, that Texas team was really, really good. I think that uh, when you talk about the uh, the Texas team and, you know, what Rodney Terry, first of all, I think it's a great story that Rodney Terry takes over uh, maybe I don't even I think it was even before the midway point of the season when the when the former uh, coach was uh, was was let go due to Chris Beard that is I, his name was escaping me uh, was let go due to domestic abuse allegations he's now I think Chris Beard is now the head coach at, at, uh, at I can't remember if it's Mississippi or Mississippi State anyway. Um, so Rodney Terry came in and, and I don't, I don't think Texas was really that good at that time. So he comes in, meaning Rodney Be- uh, uh, Rodney Terry turns that program around, leads that program all the way to the elite eight on the precipice and the doorstep of the final four. But I think the experience of Jim Laranega. Uh, you, you look at Wong and what Wong was able to do really uh, in the second half. I thought he was really the key 
um, in the second half. Isaiah Wong, he didn't have a good first half at all. He only had two points, but you could see that he began to make his shots. He began to hit big shots there in the second half. Of Of course, Jordan Miller really led the way in that basketball game with 27 points. And so I think when we look at the matchup between Miami and UConn, with Hurley as the head coach at UConn, he's been really building a program. I, you know, I haven't I haven't seen UConn enough to know how good the Huskies really are. I know he's been building that program uh, to where it is now. Uh, I've heard someone say that UConn may be the best team uh, re- uh, remaining, going back probably to the Sweet 16 in the NCAA tournament. But I'm definitely not counting. Jim Laranega out at all. Uh, Florida Atlantic and San Diego State. I mean, I think you think about what Florida Atlantic is doing as a number nine seed to get all the way to the final four, just playing and continuing to not worry about and not let people uh, or listen to the distractions about being a, you know, a mid-major program and a smaller program and all of those kind of things. The kids from Florida Atlantic are just playing basketball, and they've got a really good shot to be in the the, the championship game. Uh, so for sure, two lower seeds, and San Diego State's a five seed, right? Uh, big win against Creighton, a controversial win, to say the least, against Creighton, who was, all, who was a six seed. Like, I don't think a lot of people thought Creighton uh, was going to be there as well. This is who I had in the Final Four. I had Alabama taking on Marquette and I had UCLA taking on Xavier. And again, we're down to Florida Atlantic against San Diego state and Miami uh, taking on UConn. So should be an interesting final four. Listen, and we're going to talk about a number of different things here on the program today. We've got some NBA uh, to talk about. We've got some Lamar Jackson to talk about. We've got to talk about the HBCU all-star game that is taking place on Sunday in Houston on the campus of Texas Southern. The game is going to be televised on CBS Sports Network and it's going to be carried on Sirius XM. Yours truly and the legendary Charlie Neal going to call that game on Sirius XM Channel 83. We're coming on with the pregame show at 4 p.m. Eastern time. That's 3 p.m. Central time and 1 p.m. Pacific time. So we got a lot to get to with that. But you look at the landscape of college basketball and there's it's really not a surprise I mean you can look at a Miami you can look at a UConn those two teams are from what we I mean you know Miami's from the ACC UConn from the Big East two of the bigger conferences in Division One basketball um, you look at San Diego State and Florida Atlantic I mean they're, they're from you know conferences that aren't as big I don't want to use the term lesser conference it's not lesser conferences Right, like I, that's one thing I can't stand, is when the the little man or the underdog uh, gets to a certain place, and then we want to try to nitpick and find things to say, and they're lesser, they're in a lesser conference, in a mid major, all those kind of things. It's all Division One basketball, and those kids play, and you know you know what it is because those programs stay together. You know, listen. One, and I'm, 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 I'm an opponent of the transfer portal 
and NIL. Like with the NIL piece, like I'm all for college athletes getting paid, but the, the where we are in the process, I'm not for it as well. And NIL is inextricably tired, tied to the transfer portal in a lot of respects. So, you know, we've already seen and we're still in the final four teams seasons are just ending. We're already hearing about a number of different players that are making the move to the transfer portal. I'm going to tell you where the trans and, and, and listen, I don't mean to get off subject because, but, but, but I'm, this is where I'm going with this. I'm, I'm giving you some, some pros and cons with respect to the transfer portal. One of the good things about the transfer portal, I'm going to relate one of the good things about the transfer portal as it relates to some of the teams that are still around. Um, listen, it now allows for if you're, because remember back in the day and not when I say back in the day, not that long ago, like if let's say you were a D2 kid, right? You were playing division two basketball and you wanted to transfer up to division one. Well, guess what? You had to sit out a year to do that. Now you don't, you, you go in the transfer port, the transfer portal. You don't have to sit out the year anymore. So it allows. And then of course, if you're going from one D one program to another, I mean that, you know, I think the D two to D one piece I'm okay with, but all of this movement and, 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 and I don't know, maybe I'm not okay. I mean, I mean, I think, I mean, I guess where I stand with that is uh, you, you, you want to talk about quote unquote little man. Well, it works in that benefit for the quote unquote little man. And even in football FCS to FBS, uh, now, of course, it hurts from an FCS perspective. It hurts our HBCUs in a lot of respects because we've seen quite a bit of players from the FCS level go to FBS programs and be able to play right away. That's fine. But all of this transferring around to different schools, by the time you leave, you're going to see guys have been at three and four schools and part of that tied to the NIL, right? Um, when I look at, and, and, and it's not just Florida Atlantic and San Diego State. This permeates throughout the course of, of particularly this year in college basketball. I mean, think about it. We, I mean, we, we look at look at what the Sweet Sixteen. We could talk about the Final Four, and you could talk about Florida Atlantic and San Diego State to a lesser degree. But look at some of the wins we had in the first round. We had a 16 beating a one for only the second time in history, right? We had, you know, multiple uh, uh, lesser, as they like to call, teams in the Sweet 16. We had quite a few uh, in the Elite Eight. We had a whole lot in the round of 32. So in, in, in a little bit of a respect, because you have, you know, the bigger programs where guys are transferring all over the place and, you know, may take a time to gel, you know, these smaller programs, um, guys are playing together a lot longer. I mean, you're going to add a guy. Uh, and it's not to say that guys in the smaller programs are not transferring as well or not tra or are coming from bigger programs as well. It is certainly happening, but there's more of a core and more of a team unit in the smaller programs and that's why you're seeing the success of the smaller programs this year uh, particularly as it relates to the tournament I need to see this transfer down to HBCU schools because listen 
uh, you know, if you have an Ivy League school that can win a game and you have some of these other programs that can win games and get to the Sweet 16 and get to the round of 32. I mean, what, what was the last time we had an HBCU, uh, not that won a game because Texas Southern's won a couple of games in the, in the play-in portion of this, but in the, in the round of 64. When is the last time we had a team win? What, I mean, do we have to, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, we got to go all the way back to Norfolk State, I believe, in 2012. It's been over 10 years. So I need this to trickle down um, to, uh, to, to the HBCU programs, and I'm hoping uh, that it will sooner than later. So we're going to talk NCAA. We're going to talk Lamar Jackson. Uh, we're going to talk NBA, who's the MVP to this point, with uh, the season winding down. All of that and so much more as we roll on. Hey, today man, I think it's a wonderful day And I want fun with my wife the first day of And now we smoking till the old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. All Weaver Street Markets. Harris Teeter. Food Lion. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, and Barica Soul. Has someone in your family lost a job recently and now you can't afford your mortgage payment? Or do you have a rental property and your tenants aren't paying you? We can come to the rescue and pay you cash for your home immediately. Yes, sell your home and get cash all over the phone without dealing with real estate agents or having to waste time showing your home to lukewarm buyers. You don't need to lose your house to foreclosure. If you have equity in your home, we'll buy your home and give you cash within days, all in a simple over-the-phone and virtual process. Call now before your situation gets worse. Sell a home you can't afford or just need anymore and get the cash you need today. Call this number now. Call 800-507-3116. 800-507-3116. That's 800-507-3116. Greece is cheap. But the airfare costs a fortune. Paris? Not much closer. And again, airfare... What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it, flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? low-cost airlines with one call to low-cost airlines you'll drastically slash your travel costs we're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations where would you like to go london rome costa rica australia wow that's cheap so why wait call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the u.s or international our prices are so low we can't publish them the only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airlines 
airline travel. It's that easy. So call now and start packing. 800-303-3398-800-303-3398-800-303-3398. That's 800-303-3398. Find the Box to Row YouTube page for conversations with stars like Omari Hardwick, Brandy, Michael Strahan, and with some of our favorite sports guests over the years. Box to Row. Box to Row. Box to Row. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. Spring again. Everybody knows spring again. To the girls and boys and people above. This is the summer fall. Still to come here on Box to Row, some NBA talk. We're also going to talk about the HBCU All-Star Game, the second HBCU All-Star Game taking place on Sunday on the campus of Texas Southern University at H&PE Arena. And uh, it's a 4 o'clock, a 4.30 tip. Uh, yours truly, Charlie Neal. We've got the, the national broadcast on Sirius XM Channel 83 uh, so check it out. You can also watch the game on CBS Sports Network. Had a ball last year in New Orleans. And so we're hoping to get Travis Williams, who is the uh, the founder and the brainchild of this game. A lot of really good things going on with respect to the HBCU All-Star Game. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Joe Bryant play in person. I hadn't seen Joe Bryant play in person in a while. As a matter of fact, uh, earlier this week, the uh, HBCU All-America team was released. As a matter of fact, it was late last week. The HBCU All-America team for the men, the Division One men's team was released. And Joe Bryant, the guard from Norfolk State, was the repeat national player of the year. A lot of people I'm looking forward to seeing and calling uh, that basketball game. So I've never been to Houston, so looking forward to being in Houston as well. So let's talk some Lamar Jackson, as we, uh, I mean, transition a little bit. Houston, I mean, are the Texans, you know, would the Texans have interest in Lamar Jackson? I, wh- how, why have we gotten to this, to this point? I mean, they're sort of conflicting. Um, uh, con- there's a conflict in terms of the amount of guaranteed money that. Lamar Jackson has been offered. It's uh, I've heard anywhere between $130 million as high as $170 million. Uh, I don't think it's clear in terms of what Jackson actually wants in terms of the contract, but the, the talk is he wants something in the realm of what Deshaun Watson got or uh, somewhere close to that. Um, the, the word outlier has been used. And I think that's an appropriate word. When you're talking about the Deshaun Watson contract, I mean, I, I you know, I, I don't. I, when I look at Lamar Jackson, and again, I've said this: when I watch games, I'm watching the Commanders first. Then, because I live in Raleigh, I want to keep up with what the Panthers are doing, so I'm going to watch the Panthers. And then next, I'm watching the Baltimore Ravens if the Ravens are are, are on. Solely, and it seemed like every time I tried to watch last year, like the Ravens were on defense. I'm watching the Ravens solely for Lamar Jackson because he is so exciting. Anything can happen when he has the football in his hands. He's he's a good thrower of the football. I think 
we don't say that as much because he uses his legs and has the ability to use his legs quite a bit. But he's a he's a good I mean, listen. He was a good football player at, at Louisville. I, like I don't I don't get it, right? I mean, I, well, I get it. I get it. I mean, I get I get it. I get why he he gets a lot of criticism. Uh, but look, the guy can play. He's he's box office, no doubt about that. I guess I just don't understand the Ravens, right? Like we talked about this a number of times this throughout the course of the the uh, season, right here on Box to Row. I mean, the Ravens had an opportunity to do this last year. Okay, we can talk. You can talk about this year, and we can talk about the fact that he didn't play the last five games, the last two years. But if you're the Ravens, if you had gotten the contract done last year, we wouldn't even be talking about him playing uh, the last. Uh, the contract would have already been done. And listen, the whole situation. And he responded. First of all. We have to make mention that he stated on Twitter earlier in the week that on, I believe it was March the 2nd, he said he asked for a trade from the Ravens. Now, the question becomes, is this repairable between Jackson and the Ravens? When you want out, when you ask for a trade out, I don't know, generally, to me, that means you don't want to come back, you've you felt some kind of scorn from the situation you're in, whatever the case may be. But I would always caution those that don't think that Lamar Jackson deserves the money. And I can understand, I mean, the word collusion has been thrown around and maybe there is collusion with the owners because the owners don't want to necessarily give uh, guaranteed contracts to players generally speaking specifically quarterbacks because they're the highest paid players because you've got quarterbacks that are coming behind uh Lamar Jackson you've got Hubert you know you've got Joe Burrow uh etc right so maybe you you know maybe you don't want to go down that road now Kirk Cousins got his guaranteed contract twice over but his contract was three-year contracts I think the first one uh, when he left Washington or finally uh, was a free agent from Washington to go to the Vikings, he was on a three, I think it was three years, 84, $87 million contract. And I think he's on, he was on something similar to that, uh, his last contract. But, that, but that's not a lot of money, right? Because we're talking about the Deshaun Watson contract being in excess of $230 million. Okay, so imagine you're on your job. Or you, and I always say this, you're on your job and, and you feel like you deserve more money. And even if it's not a contractual situation, like most jobs are probably not contractual. You, you, you're hired by a company to do that job, to do that work. But maybe at the end of that contract or not that contract, but the end of, you know, as time goes on, you know, maybe you're asked to do more work. Uh, maybe your job description changes and it requires you to do more than what the original job description mentioned. And so you think that you're due a raise, right? Um, if that company that you're working for doesn't want to give you that raise, even though you deserve that raise, and maybe the market dictates that you should get that raise. Maybe there are other uh, people in similar positions at other companies that are similar companies that, are making more than you are. Now, each company is different. I get that, but they're making more than you are, maybe significantly 
more than you are. And that company doesn't want to pay you even though your job description has changed and you're, and you're very good at your job. Uh, you're, you're in a, but not only that, you're an extremely valuable part of the company and extremely valuable to that job. And that, that company doesn't want to pay you. How would you feel about that? Well, it's similar. I mean, it's not exactly the same, right? Because now we're talking about, you know, we're talking about contracts opposed to being hired. But at the same time, I think those that don't agree, you have to put it sort of in that perspective for me. And that's exactly, and that's the perspective that I'm putting it in. It's always the perspective that I've looked at it from. Uh, he's box office. Yeah, so he was injured last year. He was injured this year. I think, and he's responded. You know, he said, first he said that. Then later in the week he responded to uh, uh, the talk about him missing the last five games and why he didn't play in those games. And as he responded to, in essence, on Twitter, he said, well, I mean, I played in all the other games, right, uh, when – I still didn't have a contract, and I played anyway. Those games didn't mean nearly as much uh, as the games towards the end of the season and the playoff game meant. Where I sit is somewhere in the middle. Like, I feel like if Lamar Jackson was under contract, he he may have been well enough. I don't know if he was well enough to play in the, the, the knee issue that he had was well enough to play in those games, but I think if the importance of those games – and especially the playoff game, perhaps if he had a contract, he may have played in that game. Look at RG3. Let's go back to RG3 so many years ago with the then Washington Redskins. So he gets injured, or, you know, maybe, I don't know, four games into the season. Um, he's out. He's out. He, I think he ultimately did come back and then played in that playoff game. And he, and he tore his knee up. And from then, I mean, his career was pretty much over from that point. So, Maybe Lamar Jackson has learned from, and by the way, RG3 was his teammate for a couple of years there in Baltimore. Maybe he learned from that. Maybe RG3 schooled him to that particular situation. Look, if you're the Ravens, pay the man, right? Like, I get it. You may not want to pay him what Deshaun Watson made, right? And I think if it came out that the Ravens had offered Lamar, maybe $200 million guaranteed. Um, and he turned that down. I mean, I think I think then you sort of maybe have a problem, although Lamar believes his worth, I, I'm assuming, because I don't know this, but maybe he's he thinks his worth is at the minimum of what Deshaun Watson got. I still think you have to look at this thing from the perspective of the Browns were desperate and they gave that money to Deshaun Watson out of being desperate. That is not a contract that generally a, a National Football League team would have given that much of a guarantee to any player, but the Cleveland Browns did it as much. Um, so the, the, the sides are very far apart, obviously. Um, and so where are we now? But I, I think the other big picture is, He's not getting a lot of offers. There's been talk about perhaps him going to the Colts or going to the Commanders. The Commanders have said through Martin Mayhew, the general manager and head coach Ron Rivera, that Sam Howell is our guy. We are not trading for 
Lamar Jackson. Who knows? Maybe they will. I'm not sure. Maybe he goes to the Colts. The saga with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens continues. We'll be right back. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. Uh, it's a great story, and uh, I'm just having fun you know, living my dream and riding the ride. That, of course, the voice of Bianca Belair. EST is in the building. That's what Sasha Banks and I are going to do. We're going to uh, WrestleMania. We're going to create history. We're going to be the first two black females to have a title match at WrestleMania. I would say representation is it's not a requirement. It's a requirement, and I'm going to, to try to become SmackDown Miss Champion. But it's more than just creating a moment and becoming a champion. Just by us standing in the ring, we are representation for women and for black women. And so that's an amazing feeling to be able to be that, be that person and be on that platform and the greatest of them all and, and be able to create history. It's just, it's an honor. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for them. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can, no matter who you're playing. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, it's really focused. It's really, you know, excited. Rob Manfred is the commissioner of Major League Baseball. Players that have been accused in their career of using performance-enhancing drugs, should they be in the Baseball Hall of Fame? I'm going to focus on one word in your question, okay? Accused. Players who have tested positive or there's otherwise been real solid proof that they were involved with performance-enhancing drugs, I think that Hall of Fame writers are entitled to make their own judgment about those players as to whether they think that performance-enhancing drugs or their use of performance-enhancing drugs should prevent them from being in the Hall of Fame. You cannot determine who used performance-enhancing drugs by the way a player looks. It's simply not possible. The one and only Michael Strahan. Always good to talk to you. Hopefully next time it won't be, what, 14 years you get to. <laughs> Man, you know what is good? You're encouraging people to be better and do better, and, and that's what I love, man. So thank you. I appreciate you. I'm talking about none other than Common. Well, I ended up in Sam just because I wanted to major in business, and Sam, you had the illustrious school of business, and I found out that business was the key. That's what I wanted to do. NBA All-Star Chris Paul. That was great to bring it back to one Salem State University, a uh, black college, something that my city had never seen before, may never see again, and just having a up close and personal feeling with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Melogs. It was exciting. I'm grateful for those guys coming out. He is Stephen A. Smith. Congratulations on all the things y'all have done. Congratulations. Keep up the hard work. Went to Salem State where I had an absolute ball. The only part that was bad uh, was the basketball because my first year there, I cracked my kneecap in half. If I had one thing that I could do over, it would be that I would be there 100% healthy so I could really showcase what I could do. But outside of that, there's absolutely nothing that I would have changed. It was the greatest years of my life. Simone Biles. I guess I just go in there with a positive, open mind of just doing what we do in training and going out there and doing the best that we can do and just have fun with it. I didn't really think of the outcome, but I knew that we had been training hard and we were re- we were just ready. Greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time, and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because it was against his religion. All, all the top black athletes together, along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city. So 
I'm glad you brought that particular incident up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. Still View Football League has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have going to Division One. Kyrie Irving. Playing at Duke for Coach K. What was that like and how that prepared you for the league now? Playing 11 games, you know, a lot of people think that's not a you know, big package for you to become a better player, but for me it was. Playing for Coach K, he gave me the keys to, to the car and I was driving it in first eight games and you know, being a part of something special like that and having a brotherhood built at an institution such as that one is an experience that you never forget. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey man, thanks for letting me talk a little music, movies, and sports. Hey, my favorite three topics. Hey everybody, what's going on? This is Anthony Anderson, international movie star and funny mother. And you're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's From the Press Box to Press Row, real, relevant, radio. Welcome back to Box to Row. Thank you to those listening to us on Sirius XM. Also, those listening to us on affiliates across the country as we transition. Going to talk some NBA. How about those listening to us on WAMF 90.3, the Big Easy in New Orleans. Those New Orleans, New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, hanging on by a thread just outside of the, just at the number nine spot. At the number nine spot, as we currently speak right now, so that would mean a play-in situation for the Pelicans. Um, and we'll see. You know, we'll we'll see if the Pelicans are able to make it. I mean, Zion, I mean, Zion would have made a really, really big difference for the Pelicans throughout the course of, of the season, I realize Brandon Ingram is back. He's playing well, but boy, what a you know! If, this is what year four for Zion. He just has not been able to stay healthy. This looked like a promising season too, and so we'll see what happens to the uh, to the Pelicans uh, moving forward. Let's talk some NBA as we as we wind things down. Five or six games remaining. Uh, in the season, in the regular season, and then the play-in begins, I believe it's April the 11th is when the play-in begins. And if you look in the Western Conference, I mean, let's start there because I know that Denver is on top by a good margin with the Grizzlies in second place, followed by the Kings, and then the Suns, and then the Clippers, and then the Warriors, and then the Timberwolves. So really... Your top, I would say really your top, pretty much your top three are, are, are set with the Nuggets, Grizzlies, and the Kings. And then the Suns lose a game here or there. You know, the Clippers win a, win a couple of games like the Clippers were able to do the other night, big win. Um, it, it, this thing could really go uh, in any different, any number of directions. I just think right now, where the Suns are. And I don't know if the Suns, I mean, it, the Suns right now, four and a half games back of the Kings with four, five or six games remaining. They're not going to catch the Kings. The Kings have been playing way too well. I mean, I'm interested to see how the Kings play in the playoffs. That's going to be key. This is a an organization 
that hadn't been to the playoffs, I believe, since 2006. So these guys have no experience, no play. Well, the majority of these guys, as a as a as a as an organization, uh, the Kings don't have that experience, and then the core guys obviously don't have that experience. I really believe, and I get it. It takes time for teams to gel, all those kinds of things. Kevin Durant has been out. He comes back the other night. He's a little bit cold. He was nervous, really, um, as he put it, but he was able to help Phoenix get a, a big come-from-behind victory. I, I really believe that with KD, the Suns, to me, are the favorite. I get it. The Nuggets are really, really good, although they haven't played as well as of late. Um, you add a player like that to that team that, listen, this isn't the Suns from a couple of years ago that we saw in the NBA championship, okay? Took a dramatic fall off on last year. And while some of the pieces aren't the same because of the KD trade, you add KD to that team. That team automatically, in my mind, becomes a contender, okay? Listen, I realize, and I'll be the first to tell you, look, I'm not one of those, and when I think about Kevin Durant, I'm not one of those that vilified him for going to Golden State. All of the circumstances really presented themselves the year he went to Golden State. Golden State, yes, coming off a 73-win season, but guess what? Ultimately, Golden State did not win the NBA championship. LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, and the Cavaliers did coming back from a 3-1 to one deficit. Okay, that's number one. Number two, where was KD really going to go with OKC and Russell Westbrook? I mean, Russell Westbrook uh, is a great player, one of the top 75 of all time. Yeah, the last couple of years, he may not be the same Westbrook, but at the end of the day, I mean, what would have what would have really happened uh, to that team? Do you want to take that chance and be one of the greatest players to ever to ever play and not win an NBA championship? So I think KD needed the Warriors. The Warriors needed KD because the Warriors were coming off a loss in the NBA Finals. Okay, that's number one to me. Um, it's not like he came to that team, okay, and was a was a hanger on and won an NBA championship. Kevin Durant led the Warriors to both of those NBA championships with his play during the regular season and then his play in the playoffs was absolutely spectacular. And let me let me throw something else out there that when we talk about KD's legacy that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. Year 3 of KD and Golden State. What happens? KD gets hurt in the finals. Golden State loses to Ka- a Kawhi Leonard-led Toronto Raptor team. That was a solid team. But with a Kevin Durant on that team, Golden State would have blown the doors off of Toronto. Okay, so you can talk about he jumped teams and he went to the team just to be, you know, to, 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 you know, he led those two teams. And when he got hurt, those two teams fell. Okay, it took a while for Golden State to get back to where it got back to and it did get back. Meanwhile, the uh, goal, uh, KD in Brooklyn uh, was pretty much a disaster. I mean, he was basically carrying 
that franchise for three years. Kyrie Irving in and out of the lineup. Uh, James Harden wanted to be out. They get Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons just did not work out. Uh, He's out of there. You go to Phoenix now, okay? Phoenix, again, two years ago, two years ago, in the NBA championship, took a, a fall last year, okay? You add KD to that team with Devin Booker, Chris Paul, got the big man in the middle. That's a really good team, even though they traded away some pieces. That's a team in my mind that can is the to, in my mind the favorite to win the NBA championship. I like the Grizzlies. They've done really well. A lot of a lot of it without John Morant. He's back. Um, you know the Kings. I I I don't know about the Kings. You know I don't I don't know about the Kings. And then everybody else, the Clippers are up and down. The Warriors can't win on the road. The Timberwolves are okay. Now, the Lakers may be a team, okay, that you have to reckon with because Anthony Davis is playing well to his credit. He's finally healthy if he can stay healthy. LeBron is back. You know what you're going to get from LeBron. The midseason trade was a really good one. The The Lakers are a, definitely a team to watch. But to me, it's the Suns in terms of the favorites, okay, for me. Then I would go, I would go with the Nuggets, Grizzlies, and then the Lakers right behind them, and then really everybody else. I mean, I don't want to disrespect the Kings, uh, but but again, I mean that that playoff experience is everything, and unfortunately, the Kings don't have that. They have a coach that has that experience, but the the Kings as a as a team do not. When I look at the Eastern Conference, to me. It, it's three. T- it's it's the Bucks and the Celtics to me. Uh, the 76ers are a shade below. The Cavaliers, Dominic Mitchell's really, really good. Like the Cavaliers could get it done. The Knicks, in my mind, not so much. The Nets are kind of just maintaining where they were. They've fallen actually a little bit um, in terms of where they were. They've fallen quite a bit, but not. they haven't fallen off the cliff in terms of where they were before the Kevin Durant trade. So, for me, I like the Bucs. Antetokounmpo is playing out of his mind. I think um, Tatum is the key for the Celtics. And he, he had a bad finals last year. But I think Tatum has really played well the majority of the, of the season. I mean, if I had a, you know, he, he to me is an outside MVP candidate. He's not over Giannis, uh, particularly in the East. But an outside MVP candidate to me. The Celtics can get things right. The Celtics may be the team uh, to beat the 76ers fringe to me. I, you know, I got to give James Harden credit. I, 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 did, I didn't know if James Harden would have an opportunity to win another championship. I just didn't know if they would have, the 76ers would have that, oppor- or, or James Harden would have that opportunity with whatever team he decided to go with, in this instance, the 76ers. But he's really taken a step back, okay? Um, I look at this team. Uh, To me, Joel Embiid is the MVP. Uh, And I would would give it to him over Jokic, and I would give it to him over Giannis, uh, because uh, particularly over Jokic, and even I said this last year, and I still think the same thing. I think you... I think the MVP is about what you can do all around. And from an offensive perspective, 
Jokic is the better all-around offensive player. Uh, they both can shoot from outside. I think Jokic's three-point shot may be a little bit better. He's a better passer. He's a he's he's certainly a guy that can handle the basketball. Okay, but he's not a he's not a great defender. And meanwhile, Joel Embiid is a really good offensive player and a really good defensive player as well. So I would give it to to Embiid. But back to the 76ers, I look at uh, at Maxi. Maxi's a nice Pete. Maxi is a fringe is one of those players to me that's a fringe player that could that on the on a fringe could carry a team okay but certainly if he's got some help as he does he is a phenomenal player for them you know Tobias Harris play is playing well PJ Tucker gives you some defense and some championship experience James Harden handling the basketball and then Joel Embiid has just been out of his mind I don't I don't see the 76ers right now as good as the Bucks or the Celtics, but I do see the 76ers uh, as a team uh, that could surprise a lot of uh, of teams, and, and I guess specifically the Bucks and the Celtics, and make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. So we got a lot. I mean, not a lot more season to play. We get we got well, we got a lot more season to play from a uh, from a standpoint of playoffs and uh but listen i mean the 76ers have uh i think an outside shot but i really like the bucks in the east i like the bucks and i like the celtics your thoughts hit me up via twitter at box to row b-o-x-t-o-r-o-w we've got more including talking about the hbcu all-star game on the other side keep it locked to box to row the radio program that's talking sports from New York City to Cali and globally on the World Wide Web. From the press box to press row continues after this. Greece is cheap. But the airfare costs a fortune. Paris? Not much closer. And again, airfare... What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it, flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? low-cost airlines with one call to low-cost airlines you'll drastically slash your travel costs we're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations where would you like to go london rome costa rica australia wow that's cheap so why wait call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the u.s or international our prices are so low we can't publish them the only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airlines travel. It's that easy. So call now and start packing. 800-303-3398. 800-303-3398. That's 800-303-3398. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. 
sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. All Weaver Street Markets, Harris Teeter, Food Lion. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, and Barica Soul. Now back to From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. Let's continue here on Box to Row as we've been talking about the HBCU All-Star Game going to take place on Sunday as part of Final Four weekend. It's going to happen on the campus of Texas Southern University. It is a 4.30 Eastern tip time. The game can be seen on CBS Sports Network. As mentioned, yours truly and Charlie Neal calling the game on Sirius XM. The gentleman who's the brainchild, who's everything behind this HBCU All-Star Game, former head men's basketball coach at Tennessee State, former head men's basketball coach at Fort Valley State, Travis Williams, joins us here on Box to Row. What's going on, Travis? Hey, man, we're just in, in Houston, man, a great city of Houston. Has welcomed the HBCU All-Stars, the coaches, the staff, with open arms here, man. We're excited. Got in yesterday, and we've been moving nonstop, you know. So we're truly, truly excited uh, for our great partnership with CBS Sports and also being able to have this first-ever HBCU All-Star game on an HBCU campus at Texas Southern University during the 40-plus Final Four weekends that never been an HBCU All-Star game on an HBCU campus. And we getting ready to do it in a few days. Yeah, man, it's exciting. I'm glad to, and I appreciate you reaching out. Glad to be a part of it along with Charlie Neal. We enjoyed that. We're going to enjoy it um, again this year. You've got some real talent. Tell us how this all came about with the, not just this game, but the HBCU All-Stars as a whole. Uh, you're talking about in 2019. I'm just, you know, so yes. thankful for God that placed, placed this vision in my spirit in October 2019 at the very successful 17-year college coaching career. So God pretty much said, you're getting ready to do something to change the trajectory of our HBCUs on all levels. And so I launched HBCU All-Stars, a black-owned sports marketing and media and events company located in Atlanta, Georgia. And it's all things HBCUs. We believe in the vision of ear and or, exposure, access, recognition, opportunities, resources, and results for our hardworking, talented, intelligent, and ambitious students, student-athletes, and our most brilliant coaches from across the country. And so we get an opportunity to put the emphasis back on our HBCUs and really do something to change the rejection for these young uh, men. Yeah, and then to be able to get CBS uh, to come on board is absolutely huge as part of Final Four weekend. Speak to what went into that. That took a lot of hard work by you and your staff. I just think, like you said, about me and my staff, we just had a vision and we, we presented to our CBS Sports our partners, and they've been 110% bought into the vision and everything that goes along with celebrating black excellence, black history, and black culture experience at the highest level. And it truly shows our HBCU matters in the world of uh, sports, and so especially college basketball, especially with CBS, who has one of the largest platforms around the world, and to, for them to take uh, ownership and, 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 and partner with a small black-owned company like mine, I just, that's why I just always go back to God, God, God. And so we're truly excited, and they're true partners. This is not a DEI pitch for them. This is a true partnership that is helping us really amplify amplify our black voices in the landscape of college basketball, but more importantly, show HBCUs matter. 
No doubt about it. Travis Williams, founder of HBCU All-Stars LLC and the HBCU All-Star Game, joins us here on Box to Row to talk about the HBCU All-Star Game taking place on the campus of Texas Southern University on this Sunday. If you haven't gotten your tickets, get them now. If you're not in Houston, not going to be in Houston, you can watch the game on CBS Sports Network. Listen also on Sirius XM. Uh, talk about last year, Travis. What an event. Last year, you had a bunch of you had a lot of sponsors, a lot of presentations in between halftime. A, 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 the bands were there. There was a lot of excitement behind last year's game. How, how successful was last year in your mind? Last year, you know, to do something that has never been done during the forty plus year the NCAA March Madness Final Four weekend was truly a blessing. I'm just just thankful and grateful and just humbled to be able to do this. It meant a lot for our culture to do this. We made history. You know, no one could take, a, take that away from us, especially the HBCU All-Stars that were the greatest ambassadors. As you know, you, got a part, you were part of history as broadcasting you and Charlie Neal. So we got a chance to be a part of history. So it means a lot for our culture. And it really set the foundation for year two. You know, now we got all these outstanding HBCU players across the country that want to participate in the game. Think about it. We had 66 players on our watch list 22-23 season. And I'm telling you, we could have chose any of them. They'll be proud representatives of this HBCU All-Star game. So a few weeks ago, we were able to select the top 24. But I'm just telling you, to put it in perspective, to have an HBCU All-Star game that was non-existent during Final Four weekend, college basketball biggest weekend, that is just all God and just the sheer determination for us to continue highlighting our HBCUs on the highest level. And and further, I mean, further with that, not only the players playing because you get the SWAC and CI or, or, or players uh, from the SWAC and CIAA schools that take uh, that go against players from the MEAC, SIAC, and independent schools. In other words, your ANTs, your Hamptons uh, of the world, your Tennessee States of the world. But team, the the, the SWAC and CIAA team, Team Willis Reed, who we unfortunately lost last week, and then Team Doctor Dick Barnett, of course, played his collegiate ball at Tennessee State. Speak to, to that in honoring those two gentlemen. I just say, you know, I've always, as you say, I launched my company, HBCU All-Stars, with that meaning to really recognize the legendary contribution that these guys had to our great game in HBCU basketball, but not only NBA, and just their impact on H, uh, NBA and HBCUs for us to recognize their legendary careers and really pay homage and respect to them second to none. And then, like you said, out of respect for Willis Reed, you know, during the time we announced we wanted to give him his flowers while he was living. And uh, same thing with Dr. Dick Barnett, two of the most legendary and esteemed um, HBCU players that ever graced the college landscape. And then just to go on and play, have an illustrious career. But it's all about us supporting all of our HBCUs. As you know, throughout the year with our player and team of the week, we had legendary players that named from Fred Curley Neal. The Sam's Jones shooting guard, the perfect small, uh, short, small, uh, small forward, to in memory Anthony Mason, power forward to, to uh, Caldwell Jones centers, and all those are representative of our four premier black conferences, but also our three independent uh, teams. And so it's a blessing to be able to really uh, do that on this uh, grand and national scale for those legendary players. 
couple of more thoughts with Travis Williams, the brainchild of the HBCU All-Star Game. Of course, his company is HBCU All-Stars LLC. And you know what I'm looking forward to, Travis, is the, the talent. I mean, you look at the talent level. Like, you've got the two uh, players of the years from the respective SWAC uh, and MEAC, particularly Joe Bryant, man. That guy can play. Hadn't seen him play since, like, his sophomore year. But just speak to the talent. You've got the best talent in HBCUs, and it just so happens that uh, most of these guys, uh, well, all of these guys have exhausted their eligibility, but it just so happens that, you know, the best players from HBCUs are playing this year. Oh, yeah, and that's why I said. We got 24 of the best players, and you just talked about Joe Bryant, back-to-back MEAC Player of the Year, Cam Christian, SWAC Player of the Year, Chris Banks. I mean, you can go down the list at any given day. These guys have played at the highest level. You got two guys representing Texas Southern, three-time SWAC tournament uh, tournament uh, champions, and also three back-to-back-back NCAA tournament bids. It just goes to, to, to show you the level of play in our HBCUs. Yeah, and then uh, you know your coaches Kenneth Blakeney and and Dante. Uh, Jackson, of course, Kenneth Blakeney, the head coach at Howard, going to be assisted by Benji Taylor uh, of Tuskegee. And then Dante Jackson going to be assisted by Jay Butler of Virginia Union. You've got four outstanding coaches right there. Oh, man, big time, big time. Anytime you get that caliber of coaches. But they've earned the right. Remember, it's the body of work throughout the, the season. Those guys are nominated coach of the year in their respective leagues, and they play, they coach at a high level. Their teams are very successful. So, it's a credit to them and their programs. And so we take the politics out of it and let it play itself out and just truly, truly excited. And I know those guys are your, your box-to-row coaches of the year as well. So it just goes to show the caliber of coaching and player that we have on our level. No doubt. Last thought, Travis, and we appreciate the time. I can't, I, I can't imagine that you would get back into coaching at this point, particularly with the success that you're having with the HBCU All-Stars LLC and the HBCU All-Star game. But that said, what do you remember most about your, you know, your, your head coaching days at respective HBCUs to include Tennessee State and Fort Valley State? I remember the relationship. That's the most important part is the relationship that you still have with your players. You know, many of them, we're on group text and chat means I can pick up the phone, they can pick up the phone and call me. It's the relationship, lifelong relationships. And attending some of these guys' weddings and um, picking up the phone. They calling me for references and recommendations. That's the part of coaching you love. You know, the wins and the wins and losses, that take care of itself and all that other stuff, but the relationship, lifelong. And I think the more important, you will always be respected and remembered as a coach in their lives. So, again, check out HBCUAllStarGame.com to purchase your tickets to purchase your tickets, even if you're not going to go to the game, you're unable to, to go to the game. Support this great venture, HBCUAllStarGame.com. You can also watch the game on CBS Sports Network. It's a 430 tip, and we're going to have uh, the broadcast on Sirius XM, yours truly, and Charlie Neal uh, beginning at 4 o'clock. Travis Williams joining us here on Box to Row. Travis, great to catch up with you again. Look forward to this HBCU All-Star game. Thank you. I appreciate you. You keep up the great work, my brother. Again, the HBCU All-Star game taking place on Sunday in Houston. For more information to purchase tickets, log on to HBCUAllStarGame.com. You can also watch the game on CBS Sports Network or you can listen on Sirius XM Channel 83, yours truly, And the legendary Charlie Neal have the call.
beginning with the pregame show at 4 p.m. Eastern. My time is about up. I thank you for yours. Thank you to Travis Williams of the HBCU All-Star Game for joining us today here on Box to Row. For more information on the program, log on to our website, BoxToRow.com. Also, don't forget about our project, Radio Boss. You can check out Radio-Boss.com. And always remember to support those that support you. Box to Row is produced by DW Communications.